Welcome to the Help My Unbelief podcast, the number one Christian podcast designed for the unbeliever. What's up, Papa? Love you, bro. Oh, dude, I beat you to it, man. <laughs> quick draw over here, dude. Well, you threw me off with the. Let me see that pin real quick. Let me see that. This is a special gift that I received from Mark and Beth. Okay, I was like, we got the same pins. No, they, did... they all have a different verse on them. I got. So I was like, we got these same pins, with... and then I was yeah. like, I forgot we're like mutual friends because he's literally sitting in the room together. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the pins, Mark. Yeah. Hey, man, no problem. You can. Uh... You can thank my wife. I was going to say, I don't think Mark had anything to do with it at <clears> all. <throat> I think it was yeah, all bad. Uh, yeah. Bookmark thing was cute, too. It had a little verse on it. And yeah. Yeah, and this, oh, yeah, yeah. This, this verse is pray about everything and worry about nothing. Yeah. Philippians 4, 6. I'm going to be honest with you. I think I should have got that that pin. Yeah. Well, no, this is re- for, so I can remind you every time I see it, you need to be praying about that. How it. often do you pray think you it. worry? Do you think you worry quite a bit? No, I truthfully. About nothing. I refuse to worry about anything. Do you, would you say at one point you were worried? Oh, yeah. Well, no, I was under the impression that I was in control of everything. Uh, he was drunk on power ah, and yeah. other things. No, <laughs> no. But you said I'm, drunk and he was no, like, ah. I, I did. I, yeah, worried about the, I worried about the bills. I worried about whether or not I made my wife happy. I worried about whether or not my job was good. I worried about my motorcycle. I worried about my truck. I worried about my house. I worried about my house payment. I worried about my car payment, my motorcycle payment. My, my lawn was too long. I yeah. worried about it. So we just talked about this. I worried this. about everything. But my point is now I give it to God and I don't worry about nothing. So I live there in peace. Go. Even when we have a bill due, even when the check doesn't come in until... Yeah, I don't worry about. I, it. I'm I'm very curious about this because I'm in that cycle <clears throat> right now. What what was your turning point? Did you have one? Matthew six thirty three. So, is reading the word something clicked? That has been my stand on verse through all the stuff with Darcy. Just just from mm-hmm. speculating and hearing your story the whole time, I think the turning point in most of your probably experience with God was the whole Darcia situation. Yes. Like, like because when I God learned, showed when God showed up and he learned how to get out of the way. Well, because it that the same concept applies even if it's even though you did that for your wife, it yeah. it, it applies to literally every aspect of your life. Yes, Every but you aspect. got you have to have something that teaches you that. Yeah. And what I learned through that is just focus on God and get out of the way. Yeah. I was kept, I kept, I'm the one that kept getting in the way with Darcia. I mean I'm the one that, you know, encouraged her to go into that life. I, I'm the one that allowed her to go that heavily into it, mm-hmm. right? right. It, so I was in the way by trying to control it. And when I tried to control it through yelling, screaming, arguing, fussing, fighting, throwing stuff, all of that. Didn't work. And no, you, it just made me more miserable. And so that was a turning point of the other things in your life, too, was God showing Coming up. Coming to the Lord and becoming all in yeah you can listen you can come to church you can sit on the back row you can do absolutely nothing and make no changes and nothing in your life will change you can literally also just from my own experience um even when i started this podcast i know everybody that's listened to this from day one has i've always told a part of my testimony which me and you talked about this in private but i don't have a testimony yet 
my testimony is not written yet. Um, it is still in progress. Um, and I'm fully aware of that. But um, I always said on here that I fully submitted to God in March or whatever when me and wife. Uh, so I'll say this, that you can say that you're fully submitted to God and not be fully submitted to God. Oh, you I can completely say, agree. You can say and believe that you're fully submitted to God and not be because that is exactly my story. Yes. Is like you could sit here and say all you want. But if there's one thing you're not willing to do that God wants you to do, you're not fully submitted because then then the enemy could just find a whole bunch of things that you're not willing to do, right? It's easy, just like Angela was reading in the Bible, and I was trying to explain to her this concept the other day, and then it popped up. She reads, uh, she listens to the Bible. And me and you were talking the other day, and that Bible verse popped up the very next day. And it literally explained, and this applies to more than just loving people. It, it applies to obedience and everything else. It says that, um, what credit do you have from loving someone that loves you back or that's easy to love? What credit does that even pagans do that? Even pagans will love in which that's not a knock to the pagans that we interview. It's just describing that even unbelievers, non-Christians love people that love them back. All right. What so, makes you different? Yeah. So what credit do you get from that? You're supposed to love people that hate you. Love people that persecute you. Love people that don't love you back and don't care about your love. Like, though, that's when you get. You that, mean like your ex-wife? That that means I, we're not talking about that here for sure. No, but I'm on me. I have three ex-wives. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I thought we were going down my route. I'm like, well, yo, bro. Hey. hey, it's okay to go down and take the rabbit hole down your route. You just stay off of mine, buddy. Well, mine's mine's a little different, but anyway, really, um, because he. I don't. I don't see there being any difference written about in the Bible. Now, the I difference of what I can Listen, talk about on here for yeah. me, for me and my first wife, for my my I'm sorry, for my first wife and I, the very first time we had a Thanksgiving dinner was the first time in something like 30 years that we were even in the same room without a, a judge being there. Yeah. Okay. And that being able to do that was a visual to my heart and to me. That how far you've grown. I really can do this. Yeah. I really can just trust in the Lord, pray, give it to Him, and then walk in peace and understanding. Yeah. And now, I mean, like, there's been a couple of times because she lives with them, and so there's been a couple of times where she's called me about something going on with the kids or something, and and cool, I can deal with this. Yeah, so you know. my, my point was, my point was, and that was that um, as far as obedience goes in that same aspect where you love people that are not supposed to love you, that if God tells you to do something that you want to do, then obviously you're going to do it. But when God tells you, and it's easy, anybody can do that. Anybody can obey. Mm -hmm. Anybody can obey when God tells you to do something. You're like, oh, dude, I love that. A great idea, God. Great idea. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, perfect. Anybody can do that, bro. Anybody can do that. But what about when God tells you, hey, man, you see that weird-looking guy in the dark corner over there? Go pray for him. I don't think that was God, man. I don't think God told me to you do You know what that. the hardest one for me is? Uh, the verse that says, uh, in the Bible, it says, invite people into your home and care for them, you know, like strangers. Feed them a meal. 
and let them go because you may be in entertaining angels. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't want anybody in my house. <laughs> I think you can use, I think you can use discernment in that. And I got to work on that and, a little bit. And we could say, well, that was written in a different time. Right. Yeah. Right. But let me tell you, my mom was I know people who that, do that person. Yeah. I mean, there were plenty of times where I went to bed. I mean, listen, we had a lot of family that came in and out and I know that there had been quite a few times that I went to bed in my, in my bed and I woke up on the couch. Because somewhere in the middle of the night, somebody came in. Right. But it wasn't just, like, family being allowed to come in and out. My mom also would see somebody with a need, and there were several times that we had families stay with us for an extended period of time until they got on their feeder stuff. So I was taught that. Right. So in today's world, it's, it's hard for me not to be that way. So my heart's there, right? But there's others Fair to um, consider. Mm-hmm. You know, when my kids were little, I had daughters. Right? Yeah, it's I your it's your job to protect your family. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, I have two daughters. Oh yeah, and I'm not gonna let some random dude that I don't know come and spend. Yeah, stay right. in my daughter's room, and I'm gonna go in the garage yeah. where I can't hear anything. Like, and, nah, and, bro, like, come on. Man. I had dad. I, I'll dad get you would a hotel bring, room. Dad right. would. That's what that's what I do. I had an example of that actually happen. Had yeah. somebody reach out to me and say, "Hey man, can I come surf your couch?" And you know, I had to be respectful of my wife, who was like, "Yeah, nah, I don't know. <laughs> that makes me uncomfortable." And I was like, "Cool," but did I say no? Go on your own way, because that's the other thing it says in the Bible is we're not supposed to say, you know, the, the neighbor that comes over and says, "Can I have some bread?" And you say, uh, it's late, I'm not getting up, or or g- bless you, go on your own way. I can't do that right now, so I got him a hotel. And that's the and, prime uh, example. Yeah, of that's, 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 that's what I've stepped into there, is there's been several times that Darcy and I have gotten a hotel for somebody. All right. And it's... But if they need, if they're brothers and they need companionship, we're to give that too, you know. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. we got to draw... I don't know. You know, it's it's interesting, this whole conversation. Thank gosh, um, thank the Lord that he didn't, you don't become a believer and you just start getting pounded with all of this, you know, because that's the thing that drove me away from religion was all this faith without works is dead and you got to do this, you got to do that, you know. It can when, be overwhelming, yeah. Yeah. When I first became a believer, um, you know, the Holy Spirit was just there and hugging me and God was just like right on. There's a big celebration. Now, does he leave you in that state? No. That's where it's like a, a father exactly. with a child. As you start getting older, then the direction comes. He says, it's time. You right. know, there comes it's a time. time where God's going to say, hey, man, like I'm telling you to do some stuff that you're not doing. Remember all the hugs and kisses? Yeah. That's great. But now, now it's time for me to be a dad. Be a yeah. Man. Right. But it's just like with your kids, it's like, hey, man, you used to do this when you were a kid, and I was cool with it, and we laughed, and we joked, and it was funny. It's not funny anymore. Right. Now it's time for you to do what you're supposed to do. What does that verse say about mm-hmm. when I— Put when, away things of my childhood. When I was yeah. young, I did— I did Young things are— Yeah. yeah me, I, me and Mommy and Daddy, yeah, we used I, to laugh I about I know what this. you're it talking about. It was cute. <laughs> it was funny. Right. Uh, it's not funny to me anymore. Right. It's time to, it's time to, to grow, grow up. up a little bit. Yeah. Well, y'all guys, y'all guys make me out to be an ogre over here, but— to be honest with Ooh, you. you kind of do look like an ogre. I mean, you're a very handsome ogre, but like, yeah, kind of ogres for sure. Good, good call, man. 
Anyway, go ahead. He, Bilbo Baggins <laughs> would go right between his legs. Yeah, yeah there you <laughs> go. Yeah, but I mean, great, great call. Sometimes I feel that way because I used to be of that mindset that you know I I joked and I cussed and you know things like that. And why'd you point never, at Mark? I never really. <laughs> I didn't. I went like this to the room. No, okay? you went directly because to Mark. I, but it's fine because it's we fine. did some drywall bro- together. My brother he, talked. He, he heard some things spill out of my mouth <laughs> that, that I didn't have come out of. Me. He told me he didn't judge me, but we he, obviously <laughs> are seeing the hand of yeah. <laughs> You've been on his prayer list ever since. <laughs> yeah, you got to lift your brothers up in prayer. That's right. right? Yeah. Now, but I mean, he's like tremble. I, I don't want to come across as the non-understanding, non-loving Christian. All right. You know, too I mean, late. I, I'm kidding. <laughs> too late. I'm trying to come across as the you know. Look, I just I, I apply the word to my life. The reform yeah. center. I'm just that now you are. learning. I'm learning to how to apply the word to my life. Well, I think I think you're different than like how Mark approaches me about things, or how I approach Mark, or how I approach people. I think you're different, but I also think that that's not a bad thing. Like you're a little more stern with people, and that's why I like when I first met you. I'd been like, bro, chill out a little bit, but like, like it was. It. I think people like you is necessary. Like you got to hear. You got to hear things from all different angles. Like you have people that are way too soft on you and that doesn't do you any well, good. You know, Larry reminds me a lot and he always hates it when I do this, but of, you know, he's like a living example of David in my life. Yeah. You know, he sets a bar for me because he feels the same thing everybody else does, but he captures it. Yeah. And he throws it out. Yeah. And he keeps doing that. You know, Larry'd be the guy dancing in front of the, the, the. Be careful. In front of the Ark of the Covenant. Okay. Because (laughs) his wife got embarrassed. You know, Larry's the one, Larry's the one in church that jumps up and says, hallelujah. And says it really loud because he, there's so much springing a wellspring. Because he, and he has that energy constantly. Because like, he constantly fights for it. And it's okay to be like that. Like, me and you, we're like that sometimes. Right. And you the know times I mean? I'm not are when I give up. Right. Yeah. And and that's that's why it's called spiritual warfare. And yeah. That's why we have... I get knocked down. Right. I get knocked down. Right. And then I yell hallelujah and jump back up. Because, because yeah, yeah. I'm not going to live that way anymore. I lived that way, dude. Right. Where I was angry. I, I mean, man, you walk up to me in the wrong format in Walmart and I'm going to let you know about it. Right. That's that Larry. You know? When you call Larry, he gives you that battle cry, right? You know, like, Hey bro, it might be hard to hear sometimes, but some people be like, everything's be okay. Right, the so Lord's going to come through and sweep you off your feet. And it's just gonna, the Holy spirit's going to wash over you. And you call Larry and he's like, Hey bro, like this is what you're supposed to do. Put like, your big get boy up. pants on. Come on, man, fight! What are you doing? Right. Fight! Do I need to come over there and smack you? Right. Fight! fight. Right. The enemy's winning right now, and you're letting it happen. Right. That dude. Yeah. Sometimes I'm sorry. Sometimes you need to hear that. And I know, like, I don't call Larry unless I'm ready to hear ready something to like hear that. Well, because he's already in your head. I know what he's going to say. <laughs> you it's know dumb. what he's going to say. It's dumb so for it's me working. to call. Right. That's why sometimes sometimes when I call Larry, I was like, bro, I already know what you're saying, but I'm just going to throw this out here. I say it almost every time I talk to him. But I, went through, I, I am very fortunate that God has given me that opportunity to dive into his word and to actually apply it to my life. Yeah. So what was the defining moment? The moment that I said I'm all in. Because right. when I made that and choice with it. God and 
that's it. You can say you're all in all you want. I've said it, and I but haven't. But until you decide, until you make that commitment to live all in, and that's what I, I wanted to talk a little bit today about. And I just wanted to um, kind of bear my soul of the realization I've came through these last probably ten episodes. Somebody could go back and probably look at how long it's been, and I'm just guessing it's been ten episodes. It feels like it's been a long time. I'll tell you that um, about what I've been going through. And uh, me and Coco talked on the phone today and um, Coco brought to my attention. Um, he said, you know, the videos aren't doing well and the show's kind of um, starting to the viewership is going down a little bit. And, you know, you could pay, you could say that you're being shadow banned and stuff like that. And I start to look at like what maybe that I'm doing to cause that. And. Coco said that the last couple of episodes that he's watched have been kind of just kind of surface level. It's like, um, I ask, I'll ask the questions to, um, just get the question out and get the answer and then move on to a completely different topic. I don't actually dive in. And I started thinking about what he said and that's so true. And it's because I have some, i have some walls, um, put up. And the reason why I have those walls up is I haven't been, um, Whenever I first started this, I, I was, I was all in as I thought I could be with God. And I was living as truthful and honest uh, of a relationship with God as I could be at the time without knowing, um, without genuinely knowing that I wasn't being as obedient as I could be. Let's say it that way. Now I'm willfully being disobedient and I'm willfully living a dishonest relationship with God and not fully submitted relationship with God. And it is affecting my walk with God. It's affecting my relationship, my marriage. It's affecting this ministry. It's affecting the way I interview people. And it's because today I had a little bit of a breaking point and, um, and I have some clarity. Like you remember when, um, Nikki came on and she had that moment of clarity um, where she was looking in the mirror and I had a little, I'm not saying I got that same breakthrough she got, but I had a little moment of clarity like that today saying like, okay, like I remember what it was like in those first like 20 episodes or whatever, 30 episodes and how my walk was with God and how, how actually peaceful I was and happy I was living in my relationship with God then. And I have, like Mark said, with the whole stronghold, a stronghold is um, simply just believing a lie of the enemy. And that's what I've been doing lately is the enemy's lied to me about some things and I've bought into it. And I think it's affecting the way I'm interviewing the show because I don't want to dig deep more than surface level in these people's stories because it will have to cause me to have to dig in into what's going on with me personally. Because I'm living a surface level life right now. And that's the truth. And I don't want to dig in because I know it's going to be hard. I don't want to go deep within myself because I know it's going to be hard. It's going to cause a lot of pain and hurt. And, and I don't want to do that right now. And I know if I force those people to go there, then it'd be dishonest for me to not go there as well. So if you see that in me lately... And being surface level, there's a deeper reason. I recognize it. And I'm working on what I need to do spiritually. And I am making those steps. And I will say this. I'm not going anywhere. 
I've said this multiple times, even through this. Um, I've been talking to God through this whole thing where he's allowed me to, I, I truly believe, um, we've talked about this before where um, Jesus veiled it from himself that he was God at one point um, to live a fully human experience. And I believe that God has is veiled some things for me to be able to experience some things that way I can um, move forward in this ministry more appropriately. And maybe that's not true, but maybe it is. But here's what I can tell you the truth is, is I will beg God because I'm, I literally feel some things that I never want to experience again in the last several months. And while I'm experiencing these things, there's things that I've never thought, the doubts, the thoughts, the emotions, the feelings that I felt, I never, ever want to feel again. I never would ex- want anybody else to feel these things. Um, I'm just miserable. And I've allowed it to happen. Let's be honest. Um, and I pray to God and I say, hey, what's going on, man? Like, we've never been like this. I've been talking to God like, me and you, we've never been like this, man. We've never been at odds like this. I've never experienced this. I've never been this far away from you. I feel like, I feel like I'm borderline being like um, um forsaken by him like he's leaving me like he's pulling away and I'm like why why are you doing this man why are you allowing this to happen don't do this like I don't know like stop and I just hear him say just trust me and that's why I'm gathering those conclusions about the other things is that he's allowing me to experience this for only reasons that we can speculate but um, and maybe I'll be grateful for it Someday. And whenever he tells me to just trust him, it gives me some comfort, but it just doesn't make it suck less. I'll tell you that. Like, this is hurtful and painful. And at the end of the day, I always had God by my side. And sometimes I don't feel like I have him anymore. And I think it's a result of some of the my own choices I've made. But um, I just want to let everyone know. I'm going to let Mark know, my wife know, Lindsay know, and let Larry know that. I am going to do what it takes to get back spiritually to where um, we can have an honest and honest interactions here. I appreciate you being honest <clears throat> and living, living over in this side of it is very difficult when you watch someone go through something and you can't do anything about it and we've been doing this for a year where i watch you go through stuff and then i'm like (laughs) i can't really do anything yeah um do you know what the middle verse in the bible is Uh -uh. middle verse in the bible is psalms 118.8 i think god put it in the middle because we often need to you know our our goal is to get in the middle of things middle of the Bible is, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. All right. I put all my trust in the Lord, but I didn't get here accidentally. I got here through trial and error. I got here through a lot. But the main thing that I learned, you asked me just a little bit earlier and whether or not I worry about things and yeah there's things that come up on my plate that I grow concerned about and then I give it to the Lord and I take refuge in him because whatever man says what's the longest you worry about something today like if a worry popped up in your head and it was a bad worry how long would that last for you 
minutes, hours? <laughs> as soon as I get to my wife, and if I need to, I can call her. Tell her about it, and you li- you move past we, it. We, we're one. Right? In the eyes of the Lord, we're one. So you have, I go do you have any year-long worries I, right I go now? immediately to my wife with it. I worry about things but for years sometimes. Listen, listen, no. If you capture, you're told, Paul tells you, capture your thoughts and bring them Test under obedience to the Lord. That's what's crazy. If you actually, like, it's almost like, sometimes I catch myself, like, it's almost like I want to be in misery. Like, because if you were to actually capture the thoughts, like he just said, you're thinking about it, you actually capture the thought and you test it against the word of God, it's immediately going to be thrown away. Yes. But you don't do that because you know the word. And you nurse it. You and I know the word enough. But yeah. we sit there and we hang wanna, on to it. because yeah, and we, the more you nurse it, the bigger it grows. A party right? wants to be in misery. That's what I look at myself. I'm like, bro, you want this. But like, I live in misery. I don't want it anymore. I want to live. Listen. <clears throat> okay. Well, you, yeah. you about to be me. Everybody are everybody. Okay, is dragging baggage. You can't be five years old and not have some baggage on that you're dragging. Right. And, and on that sled that you got chained to yourself, Satan keeps popping the rocks on. Right. The rocks. Each rock was you know a, a particular sin, a worry, a concern, a, a, a whatever. Okay, a, a desire or a want. You know, or hurt. And. God's standing there with the ability to cut it off, and you you, you keep pulling it away from him. And I don't get it. I guess I don't I, either. I, I, I don't was, either. I was there. So, I mean, I understand that we want to protect those because, oh, that gives me the reason for life. No, it doesn't. You know, I've watched God provide for me. I've had nothing at times, and I'm I'm not going to live in that mindset anymore. I don't need to have riches, but I want everything I do to glorify God. Yeah. And listen, you were pretty new in Christ when we started this. Pretty new, okay? And I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not, I'm not somebody that's lived my life for Christ for 61 years. I've only been in this all-in mode of mine since 17. But you got to think, too, there's a lot of people that have been Christians for a really long time that's never gotten to the point that you that's are. That's because they chose not to be all in. Yeah. They chose to have a foot in the world and a foot in the Bible, and that's not what he says. He says not to do that. Yeah. He says, depend on me, to follow after me, to guide me, to I mean, to, to be guided by him, and to take your thoughts under submission. I saw you literally. Let's let's mentally strike a match. What happens when we strike a match? It flares up, okay, and then after the flare's gone, then it burns. This little bitty flame, right? Okay, so you were you're past your flare. Now, are you going to allow that flame to burn out? I would say that flame still as strong as it was. I swear. Okay, that, but it's just a flame. But the way here's I'm looking the difference, at it, here's the difference, Zach. I begged God in the beginning. In the beginning, it. Lord, put another log on my fire. Lord, I don't want to be a candle for you. I want to be a roaring torch. Lord, burn in me. Burn in me. Make a clean heart in me, Lord, and burn, burn me, burn me, so that other people can see. Yeah. Use me, Lord. I've asked, I've begged, I've prayed, I've screamed, I've hollered. That's why. Yeah. I've been all in for six years. 
I don't want to be just a flame. I, I don't ch- want to be a candle. I choose to be here. I'll tell you that, like, I'll tell you that sitting here listening to you and me realizing this today, I've chosen to be here. I have made the choice to be here. Has um nothing to do with God. I've made choices to be here and the doubts and everything else that I've had recently have been because of choices that I have made. And it's clear. It's clear. And I will I will get more detailed later on it. I just don't feel like it's time. But Zach, right now. everything that you're going through is so that you can be an inspiration to somebody else. Yeah. Okay. My alcoholic wife was not what I wanted to go through. It wasn't what she wanted to go through, but it is something that we both get to use as a testimony when we're talking to others that ignites somebody else goes, dude, that's what I'm going through right there. That is, I'm yeah, that's where I am now. What do I do? Well, I know what you do. (laughs) You, You throw it at the feet of Jesus and you walk off from it, dude. I mean, like, it's not like I don't have trials and tribulations come at me. There's, there's still temptations that come at me. It's just that I'm mature in Christ and I know to stop them. Yeah. And I know to give them to God. You have to allow it too. Like I, I have to start making the choice to be better. The joy of the Lord is my strength. It's almost like I'm scared to be happy. It's almost like I don't know what it feels like. And, it, and it's like an uncharted territory. Like, I know what this feels like, and I manage this daily. I've been doing it for years. What does happy feel like? All right. What does giving it to the Lord and being stress-free feel like? It's the joy How of the How do Lord. I manage that? What if I turn into a raging butthole? <laughs> you won't, because it's the <laughs> joy of the just, Lord. What if I'm just so comfortable that I turn into a butthole? <laughs> well. That's a possibility. Can dude. the Lord use a butthole? <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, Listen, we watched Sound of Freedom last battles. night. Hey, hey, we found Sound of oh. Freedom on Prime TV last night, and Darcy yeah. goes, oh, my goodness, let's watch it. So we watched it, and Terrible. she looked at me halfway through and goes, that's just like God, isn't it? And I said, what do you mean, babe? She goes, the dude smoking a cigar and drinking and blah, 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 and all the things that he's doing, and God's using him. Mm-hmm. And... I, and I don't even think he believes in God. That's what she, right. <laughs> I'm like. He uses the lowly. No, he listen uses to the me. Lowly, God yeah. uses everybody, period. He uses the most unexpected, too. Yeah. You're either a bad example or a good example. But that's that why example I guess it makes sense. On the board. That's why I guess it makes sense he'd use me because I'm, it just. Maybe that's why I'm I have so much loser. joy. I have so much joy because I've already been there. That's why it's hard for me to sit here quietly and go. Here we go again. You're, you're not because a, I've already been there. You're not a loser, Zach. You just have a magic magnifying mind that has accepted some strongholds. Truth. Yeah. And what is a stronghold, lies. Mark? What is a stronghold? A stronghold is a lie that you've accepted as truth. And what is and, what is Jesus? And he's the, the terror down of strongholds. That's right. He is. The he's, he's the truth, he's and truth breaker. will set you free. I'm excited. I'm excited about moving forward. Um, I saw some clarity today, and I'm excited. So I just want to let you guys know that, that I, I I see it. And I totally identify with everything that you've said. Yeah. I mean, I, I've got my own, you know, obsessions. And I can tell we I think to, a lot alike. Yeah. I get to work on myself on. Yeah. You know, for me, a, a huge part of that is some decisions that I made that I thought were the right decisions. Probably knew maybe it's a little more convenient for me, but 
you know, there's some things that happened in my life that I would change, that I would take back. And, you know, I've had it pointed out to me over and over again, this recycling of poor decisions, bringing them up into the front, saying, what if, I can't believe I did that. I'm crucifying Christ over and over, and I'm placing myself above God. And it's been a real struggle for me to tame all of that because it used to be real bad. Constantly in my head, I'd lay down. I'd like, I can't believe I said that. Yeah. I'd go back to when I was eight years old Same, and, yeah. and start going to work on myself. I can't believe that happened. Man, what was I thinking? You know, my old 20s. Oh, it's embarrassing. Yeah. You, you remember your 20s? Oh, barely. What I do remember, I, <laughs> what I don't remember, <laughs> thank goodness. I think everybody's like that though. Like we all make these dumb decisions and like, yeah, I just, but I think that's what, and and here's what I think that most people until they get, they grew up in Christ a little bit, they don't even really comprehend the freedom that Christ, what Christ did. He destroyed the record of wrongs. Okay. That means that when he died, he didn't die for the sins that I committed you weren't even alive. I wasn't even alive. He died for every sin I will commit. Yeah. I, I stand in right standing with God right now. So do you. Right now. You were righteous in God's eyes just because of what you believe in Jesus. You didn't do that. But mm-hmm. yet, in our heads, we just devour ourselves, and that's what Satan uses. Man, he just piles it on. I made that mistake. Yeah. I fell short. I can't believe it. I and it gets so frustrating. You're just like, why am I doing this? I didn't have, I'm under pressure right now too. It's like ever since I started this podcast, something has happened yeah. and I've been attacked Yeah, and it's hitting me it right in the space where I thought after 30 years of being independent that I had conquered and, and Satan is just driving all the time. I know the truth, I know God will show up. He's just not showing up. He's taking a while on this one. And it's starting to, to the pressure is starting yeah. to, to build. Mm-hmm. And and what do you do with that? What do you do with that frustration when God's not showing up the way you want him to? If I'm in right standing with God, and I'm one of his children, I'm standing right there at his, at his um, throne, I can come into the throne room and I can make my p- petitions boldly before him. And he's not doing a dadgum thing. In fact, yeah. he's not even talking to me. It's yeah. very quiet yeah. on my end of the table too. That's what right like, now, or very he doesn't quiet. talk about what you want to talk about. Right. He talks about something else, <laughs> yeah. but the like, fact God's is like, oh, don't worry about that. Like, no, but that's what I'm worried about. Right. I want you to get involved in this, but you want to talk about this. Right. Bro. Right. I don't want to do that. Yeah. But you know, that's, I've been through this more than once. And so I know what's happening. I know that the limb is being broken and the plant's being stretched, right? Uh, Because he always shows up. I've suffered some extreme things in my life. And just like you, you, God's telling you, be patient. That's exactly what he's told me before. Just hold on to the rock, man. I'm the rock. I'm unchanging. mm -hmm. Trust me. Trust me. That's all you got to do is trust me. But I don't feel like I can't see. I can't see. It's like there's a storm, and all you can see is just your hands clutching onto the rock. Sometimes it gets worse. Sometimes you, it gets a lot better, and you can see, and like, oh, I'm going to launch myself. Yeah. And, I, you know, I don't know if I'm describing it very well, but 
I've been, I'm beginning, I'm getting more patient with that process, but it is uncomfortable. It's always yeah. uncomfortable. And, and that's why Larry's an inspiration to me because ever since it's like we did this, Larry was put in my path and then these things started happening to me. Larry and, acts no different. Larry could be going through something way worse than what you're going through right now. And he acts the same as if it was the best day of his well, life. He acknowledges it acknowledges it but he acknowledges it for what it actually is it's a flaming dart of satan mm-hmm. and it's not and it god on. it's not yeah. god attacking us it's god telling us hold you know that commercial at the uh with the where the carvana where yeah. the woman's always going hold yeah that's what it's like that's what god's saying yeah you know and it's like okay okay come on want to buy want to buy buy yourself buy yourself i've said this multiple times but um I always believed in God, but what convinced me God was real and that it, that it's the Christian God is the true God and that there really is a spiritual war going on is starting this podcast. I literally watched the world shift around me. I'd mm-hmm. never been so certain that I was in the will of God. When we started this podcast, I literally felt the spiritual energy and everything just shift and my world changed. Right. Like that was like, all right. Right. Like you want to play. Like you were fine over here, bro. I right. was fine. I right. send one of my little little uh, corporals after you. Right. It's whatever. And we'll just make sure you're not happy. What's, like you want to play. You want to do you want to step into your purpose? Let's play. That's what was amazing because I just got through telling my wife that yesterday. I said it just seems like this huge financial attack has happened to me ever since I stopped the podcast. She said, Well, you want to know if if the if God's punishing you for doing the podcast, just quit doing the podcast mm-hmm. and i was like no <laughs> yeah i can already hear god saying nope yeah yeah <laughs> no, you're no, not you can't quit. you're not you can't. quitting the podcast pal in fact you're gonna keep being involved in this thing yeah you're, you're just gonna remain just remain you know that's yeah. what we do is we remain during times of pressure because the pressure eventually always comes off and we hit a new level yeah always. yeah at least that's always been my experience what about you larry we got to go. Okay. Potter's clay. Right. Okay. You can't, I mean, he will shape you. And at first it's hard. And it's, if you ever played with clay, I have. Mm-hmm. And then you got to work it. You got to work it. And you get it soft. And you finally get it in the shape you want it. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? You got to put it in the oven. Got to fire it. That's right. You got to fire it. Got to be burned in the fire. That's right. I, for one, don't like the fire. But it's <laughs> right. Fire. Well, who does? <laughs> Nobody. Okay. All right. Um, we're going to call Michelle. Uh, she, Michelle, um, dad is a pastor and she has been struggling with her faith lately. Um, and we're going to talk to her. So let's just get to her, Michelle. Hello. Michelle. Hey. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm not bad at all. Um, so how long do I have you for? Um, just up until like maybe five minutes till three. Um, I'm here now at the place I needed to be, so we're we're so good. like thirty minutes. Okay. Well, I'm gonna yeah, I'm, I'm gonna sure. go quick then around the room and introduce everybody. Do you listen to the show? I do. Yeah. Okay. Um. So first, we have a special guest in studio. Um. Her name's Lindsay. Um. And she's Hi. here today. Hey, Lindsay. Hi. Um. We got we got the wonderful and illustrious Mark. Uh, hello. <laughs> I'm not hey, wonderful Mark. or illustrious. My my lovely wife Angela. <laughs> hello. Hey, Miss Angela. My tall, dark, and handsome co-host, Larry. 
Now he is tall. <laughs> okay, that one, that one cut me off guard, man. Uh, hi, Michelle. It's nice to meet and you. And I just want to say, like a little side quest. Full winter, Larry, is in effect right now. So we have tall, dark, handsome winter, Larry, in effect. Just what what he what he means to say is I'm fluffy. Yeah, he's fluffy right now. So. Um, and then you got me. I'm Zach. I'm the host. Um, so um, I'm just gonna get to talking to you. Are you still there, by the way? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, I want to make sure I didn't lose you. I heard a pop there, and this thing is finicky sometimes. Um, so basically. This is what God's kind of called me to talk to is people that's kind of struggling with their faith these last couple months. And we've only gotten a couple, but um, you sent me a message. Just kind of describe what you're going through right now. I know you said your dad's a pastor and it's hard for you to express your doubts and stuff because of the image that um, you have with being. But like, what are you going through right now? Um, so we are we're kind of like Pentecostal uh, at my church. and. Um, a lot of churches uh, or denominations like that don't really uh, believe in uh, divorce, which I, I get it. Like I understand, um, but oh god, I don't, I don't even know how to say it. Um, Just say it. I can't get them to to help me, and um, I don't understand why. Michelle, this is Mark. Uh, my wife um, went through some things with a relationship, um, and she couldn't get anybody to help either. She talked to multiple people, and um, I'm just, I'm just wondering: is is that your experience? Are you in a situation where you're not being believed, and you're told to to that no, there's no way something like that, that person is capable of doing something like that. And you just need to try harder. I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't want to, to put words in your mouth, but, but, yeah. but that reminds me of, uh, abusive. Are you in an abusive relationship? Yeah. Ugh. And your own family's not helping you. No. Dude, that's got to be like so hard. Like put yourself in her shoes for a minute and actually think about this because like it's like because if she was here right now, I mean, we would if just she was here right now. I'd hug yeah, her. we would just hug her. We'd love her, but we would drive to where she's at. and We'd pull her out. And we'd set her up. We'd make sure she's OK. But her own family is in a position to help her and isn't like you are in a tough, tough situation. And I reckon I recognize that. Have you thought about just walking away? Um, I have, but I'm trying to get um, an attorney to help me to uh, figure out what the parental um, rights are for the state that I live in because I don't want to put uh, me or my child in a situation where I get in trouble for leaving and then he takes yeah. my child away from me. Yeah. Um, she has to play her card. Um, you have to play I, your cards right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm kind of broke on top of it. And, um, I mean, it's scary, but at this point, you know, you, you have to, I'm an adult. I have to, I have to do it. I don't have that choice. What's anymore. this, what's this done for your relationship with God? Uh, made it tough. 
I don't get why he sits there, and that, that sounds bad, but why he allows this to happen and not help. Does he? And get, I, I get that he's just. I'm sorry. That's all right. Go ahead. Now. I get that he is just, and he he's you know he's fair, and just like he gave me a chance to come to him. Like, what if he's given him a chance to come? But it's been twelve years. Good grief. Now I know that's like, that's what I'm going through right now. Like too is like, I'm sitting here, I'm like, bro, I'm your servant and I'm sitting here pouring out everything. And this other person is literally evil and has no desire to worship you or anything. And, and and you're just letting this person steamroll me and I don't understand it, but like, and you know, the advice you get from other people is like, well, there's people that's going through far worse. It's like, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about me right now. Like, what yeah. I'm going through seems worse to me. And I get that, man. Somebody's always going through something worse. But what about what you're going through right now? Like, who sees that? I see yeah. it. I see what you're going through. Like, I, I just, I, I, it, it must be so tough to be there and feel all alone in that situation. And... I think someday, I think someday, um, you'll see what God did through that. Um, but remember that vengeance is God's and he really does always have a reason. We don't know why, but, um, I don't, do you still pray? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I go to church some, sometimes on Sunday mornings, but it, that's the it sounds terrible. I go enough to where my parents don't get upset with me. Um, but I, I want to go to another church. I would love to find somewhere else. And I mean, at this point, I'm going to have to, you know, go eventually to somewhere else. But um, why, do, why do you feel like you have? I, I used to, I'm sorry. Why do you feel uh, the way I had it worded? After Are you asking her why she feels like she said, has to go to a different no, church? No, why do you feel like you can't? What, oh, he's yeah, he's asking why do you feel like you can't go to a different church right now? Um, the church I go to, my dad pastors, and oh. I don't want to. Yeah, you still live in the same kind of neighborhood, same little town. Are you in a little town yeah. or a big town? It's it's small. Okay. It's little. Right. Does your dad? Yeah, does your dad like? Up. It's. Does your dad help you financially? I'm sorry. Does your dad like help you out financially and stuff like that? No. Um. My. Oh, husband. He has all the. The finances. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm... And you don't work. Well, um, I I have a job, but I don't really. I'm broke. He kind of drains that account. So uh, I'm at, um, hopefully I'll have an, another job soon. Um, if this works out. Why are there people like Do you this, work man? at home? No, um, okay. I, I work, uh, in a warehouse. Okay. Well, the reason that I asked that question was because I, I was trying to lay the groundwork for how, most of the time, abusive people are extremely um, manipulative and controlling. Mm -hmm. um, my question, I, it, 
the questions are like coming in my head so fast I can't even get them out of my mouth right now. I'm and and I'm actually growing angry. Same. Um, as a father with daughters, I I have that protective kind of thought process in my head. Just right as a now. man with a wife, like why, like. Like when I raise my voice to my wife and I just see how cute and how she wants to be always do the right thing for me and stuff like that. I scold myself like you piece of crap. Why would you talk to your wife like that? And like this guy right here, I'm like, I'm like, why would you, why would you well, treat raises, your, your woman it, like that? It raises wife? this question, Michelle, does he go to church with you? No. Uh, he, he does go, oh. um, but he is one way in the church and then when we depending on his mood um if he's like given the silent treatment like in that time in front of people he is fine but when we get in a car and we get home he's different was he somebody um, i can that, go to church sorry was he somebody that you grew up with in the church no so his parents uh, don't I, go I to church why no why does it his dad used to, and then his dad passed away. But no, his mom and his stepdad, they don't go. Okay. And you've told your parents, you've detailed to them about the abuse and stuff? My mom. Um, my dad, I, I kind of told him. Um, but it's, you know, stuff that, you know, it's... Uh, but my mom, she just, she'll make comments like, well, he shouldn't do that. And then she'll talk about something else. And... I'm like, how do I get you to understand? Why? Why don't you I recorded him? Why don't you tell your dad? Um, I've told him kind of, but not the worst things. Mm -hmm. uh, just to kind of, you know. She hadn't laid it out completely because <laughs> a, she's embarrassed. B, she's afraid that because of the way that she was taught, and she said Pentecostal, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I'm, I'm, are you, oh man. can I explain are you something? UPC or IPC? Um, uh, more, more like UPC. Um, but now we don't believe like that, you know, we, we believe women can wear pants and things like that. We, we don't restrict people as far as that goes. Okay. So here's what I'm seeing a lot of worry about the pastor's family being exactly perfect in the eyes of the congregation so that they're not judged. I think there's a reason why you're not, why you're not telling your dad, but I kind of want to explain something of like what, what I'm like and maybe give you something to think about. Um, because I'm in, I'm in leadership and, um, in multiple different facets in my life. And, um, basically I want to know that, those things, those people that are involved in those things are okay. And if I can just know that, then I can move on to the next thing. And my life's very stressful in different areas pretty much all the time, right? And so if someone doesn't come to me and lay out, like if one, I'm picturing like if one of my daughters came up to me, was like, dad, um, I'm married and this guy's kind of doing this and that, but it's fine. I'll be fine. Don't worry about it. I'll be fine. I'll be, okay, great. I don't have to worry about it. You're telling me not to worry about it. I don't have to worry about it. Now, I don't know what you're, I mean, if somebody told me, but if one of my daughters came to me and said, dad, I need you to do something. I'm hurting. Um, this guy's hurting me. He's done this. He's done that. 
Um, I can't get out of it. Um, I don't know what to do. I need you. I would run through a freaking wall to get her out of there. And I don't know your dad, and I'm sure there's a reason why you're not telling him all these things, but I think you should consider laying it out there for him because I just don't, I wish there was something I could do for you right now. Like, I wish I could come get you and get you out of there, but I don't know. Maybe you should give him an opportunity. Like, is there a reason why you, that you know what happened? Or do you do you think your your dad would, maybe he would get crazy and, and go fix it and you're afraid of what would happen there? Yeah. Well, uh, it's, I'm scared of his reaction on top of, like, my dad is 70-something years old. Like, he's had triple bypass. Like, you afraid he'd get I, I mean, hurt? I, I've, I've, yeah. Like, I'm, I don't want to... Um, push him or upset him or um I mean he 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 I told them that he threw me and I mean you would think that that would be enough for them to no you know but I, I didn't tell him how bad things are or how they've gotten yeah I'm just looking from a leadership position to where like if someone doesn't stop me and look at me and say, I need you. And I need you to do this, that I might think that everything's okay and glance past it. And God forbid, God, you're listening to me right now. Please don't ever let me get this busy to where I snuff off my daughter telling me something like this. Cause if my daughter's ever going through something like this, please God, let me see it so I can pull her out of it. <clears throat> but this but is hard. Because I think you got to give him the opportunity I think you have to give him the opportunity to help you because he's your only shot, girlfriend. He's your only chance. Am I wrong here, guys? No, because he can pull her out and let her go. Like, say, okay, I'm. you're moving back in with me and mom. You're taking your child, and I know that. And then you go get an order of protection against him and against him for your child as well because it's harm. Like, even though he might not be, I don't know if he's doing anything to your child, but she's in that situation with you. So it's, it's, could you just imagine what she's going through seeing her mom be hurt like this? Like I've, I've been in that situation. So I, I kind of know where you're coming from and it's just, it's hard and you're just going to have to, even if like your parents won't help you, you need to get the courage up to go and file an order of protection and then seek help from like a shelter or a friend just until you can get things situated. I think you need to lay it out for your dad. Yeah. I really do. I yeah. really do. For real. What a punk. What a punk, man. Why would you do that? Is he abusing the child? No. Is I, the child a girl. girl or a boy? A girl. Under five? No, uh, six. Okay. Here's, here's what you have to understand. What that child sees now and what you accept, they'll embrace. What that means is you, through this, you didn't see that in your dad doing to your mom, right? Was your dad abusive to your yeah, mom? He, hmm? he he used to be. Oh, good grief, dude. So what she sees is normal. She's already, I mean, what she's accepting, she's already seen. She's trying to break free from it, though. So that's, that's why like, she can't go to her dad because her dad didn't see a problem with himself. And as a pastor, do you think he'd I, have a problem with it? 
I, Michelle? It's not going to look good to the congregation. I'm telling you, that's what some of those are. And she's terrified of saying anything. And when she doesn't show up for church enough, he, are you gives, in Oklahoma? he calls her and says, blah, blah, blah. You know, why aren't you in church? Are you in Oklahoma? No. I've never wanted someone to be in Oklahoma so bad. <laughs> Well, I know that um, from what my significant other went through, I know how difficult this situation is because they're so good at projecting yeah, um, this alternate personality out there for everybody else to see, and then they come home to you and they tell you that you're worthless, that you're nothing yeah. without them, that you'll never be, any, that no one will ever want you, that without them, your life is over and that you can't exist without them. And it just, it's a horrible, horrible place to be. And I, I just want to tell you, sweetheart, that those are lies. Boy, they feel like truth because the people that love you are the ones that are supposed to tell you the truth, right? And, yeah. and you know, the, the fight is knowing who you are in God's eyes and and that's particularly difficult when you're screaming god save me you know yeah and it doesn't seem to be happening luke chapter 12 verses 2 and 3 nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known therefore whatever you have said or done in dark shall be heard in the light and what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops that's a promise from God that you can hold on to that it may not fix your situation that you're in right now, but someday he, people, maybe not people here on earth, but he's going to have to explain to someone far bigger than a church congregation or human beings of why he acted one way in darkness and was a different way in the light. He will not get away with this forever. But that's not what she's talking about right now. I mean, she's right. talking about immediate. and We're talking about at the end of this guy's life. And what she's explaining to us is indie, dude. Do you understand that? Well, yeah. minus the occult things, yeah. Yeah, yeah. minus the, well. Well, some churches are occult. You know, I, I wanted to say to you, doll, one of the biggest lessons that I learned, one of the hardest for me to contemplate was right, somebody told me one time he said you know a closed mouth doesn't get fed yeah and that's hard you know um an example my sponsor used one time is he was underneath a bridge and these people came up in an ambulance and he hadn't he'd been sleeping under a bridge for three days hadn't had anything to eat and they said man are you okay and he said i'm fine and they drove off and he thought, well, they don't care either, right? And I know it's the hardest thing. I can't even compare that to the situation you're going through because I know that you are getting browbeaten. You're getting crushed. And it's been by the enemy too. like By the man that's supposed to protect you. Yeah. I mean, that's our job is, is as a husband, we're supposed to lead and protect our wives. And the ones that turn and do this, 
you know, we act like we all sit on the sidelines and we go, well, how come they don't just, well, you're not there and getting beat down every day. Yeah. And it it seems impossible for you. I know it does. Can I tell you something? Like, um, I, I have an abuser in my life. Um, and mine's much, much different, a lot, a lot less fear involved. And so I'm not trying to put myself, um, on your, on your level, but I want to describe to you a little bit, um, about, um, kind of what I'm going through and it kind of happened today. So like over the last six years, um, I have been led to believe by this abuser, many different things, and I have never taken action on it ever. And I just believed what this person would say, which now that you think about it, it's absurd that you would believe an abuser, mm-hmm. right? But we do for some reason, right? Why do we? Who knows? I feel like a complete idiot. Oh, I know why. Because she's a good person and you're a good person. And you want to take people at face value. We can't contemplate that kind of the evil. Right. It, it doesn't register doesn't in register. our brains. Yes. So therefore, it messes with us. Yeah, it's traumatic. It yeah. is traumatic. I mean, and then not to mention she's dealing with um, literal trauma, like literal physical trauma, not just mental like mine. But then, so I'll tell you today, literally today, I I dealt with it. I took a step in the direction of confronting this head on legally. And the things that I found out today was bonkers. The, the lies that I believed, the six years of abuse that I sat there and allowed to happen that was unnecessary because I believed lies, not only by her, but by the enemy. That I was this, that I was that, that I was incapable of this and incapable of that. And so sometimes we sit there and we believe because I know, I know for a fact he's telling you lies. Like you, you wouldn't be able to do this. Nobody's going to believe you. Why would you do this? Why would you do that? And you're believing it. But at the end of the day, we don't know until we take that step out there. We don't know what would happen. Right. Like, and that happened to me today, today. It made me realize like me, I mean, me and my wife sat there and we're like, Whoa, like, yeah. I wanted to ask one question. Is he, a drinker or does he do drugs? Is this the only, or does he do it without these to influence him? Is this just like, what is that like for you? If it's just what ticks him off the worst that makes it, that makes him do this? Is it the alcohol or is it something else? No, he, um, actually he, he doesn't drink. Um, and as far as I know, he doesn't do any drugs. Um, then that's it can, easier. yeah. He, so he's just yeah. plum psychotic. He's just mean, wow. Because most I of the time, bought him dinner. Like and, Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Um, I bought him dinner, and because I didn't buy him enough, uh, one time it set him off. Like it, it can be things like that, and then he blows up over stuff like that. That's exactly the the stories that my wife would tell that, that it would just be that he would come in after these explosions and cry in her lap and tell her that he'd ne- he'll never do this again. And he did. And he's so sorry he hurt her and <clears throat> what that does to your soul is unspeakable. It damages, you know, you and, and, 
to, to b- keep believing that and hoping for the best. And then you go along and suddenly there's just this thing that's benign, just completely benign. And this absolute violent explosion happens and, and it lands on you. I'd, okay. So um, we only have like a couple more minutes um, okay. with you, Michelle. Here's how we're going to run this show. Cause I know you got to go to a job interview. Okay. Um, you know, do you know what the rounds are? Um, what, what do you mean? Like what we do at the end of the show where we go around and everybody says uh, what they need to say to the guest and then you have the final say. I don't know if you watch the shows or just on TikTok. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll listen to them. Okay. So we're not going to do the rounds on the phone this time, what we normally do at the end. We're going to go ahead and let you say your final piece and then while you're at your job interview, we're all going to go do the rounds and so you'll hear what we say um, when we put out the full show to you. Um, and I just want to say this, that I love you. Um, you know how to get a hold of me. Um, you know how to get a hold of us. Um, I can get a message to anybody here, or you could just message me. Um, I'm willing to be just a bouncing block of ideas of how you want to get um, out of there. Um, I'm willing to share whatever resources I have to help you. Um, but you got to do something, but let, I'm going to go ahead and I know you got to leave. So I want to go ahead and let you say the final say, um, before you go. Ah, uh, that God is not like the people that say that they belong to him, uh, and that they show no fruit. God is different. Um, he is, the Lord has not left me, even though I feel alone. And one day I'm going to have a testimony. I believe it. He, he can't believe me in this. You won't. You won't. You won't, girl. Stay with it, okay? Thank you for sharing. We love you. Consider your consider your moves. Each and every one of them. Consider them. They. One of the things that you need to keep focused on is you don't want your child growing up this way. Yeah. Yeah. And if you need us, let us know. Okay. All right. We love you. Good luck in your job interview. Thank you. We'll, we'll be praying for you. Please keep us updated. All right, bye. So is there such a thing as that maybe we can set up a GoFundMe for her to be able to get out of this uh, relationship that she's in? I think we need to pray because we pray every day whenever we get off here. I think we need to pray about it. And then I think we need to like all independently go um, think about something that we that we can do to involve ourselves in this situation and if you're listening to this if you have any resources because i don't know i don't have like any state resources or anything um i she um she's not being completely upfront with like her name and stuff like that because of like and where she lives and stuff like that because that's why i didn't ask what state yeah she's so scared Um, and that's why i asked if she was in oklahoma because then then i could readily do something i don't care where she's at in oklahoma we would have we'd been on our way we'd have been wrapping this sucker up yeah going figuring something out you know but it's it's just i still i don't understand why men act like this or how they can i don't get it I don't understand. Well, I'll tell you something. I, I'm just going to share because <clears throat> I, I've had permission from her to share um, a very abusive relationship that my wife had. Her sh- her husband um, was raised by a hopeless, vile, 
angry alcoholic who would literally come home from the time he could remember covered in her own pass out on the front deck covered in her own vomit. He would take her clothes off and take her and, and put her in a bathtub and shower her and wash her. And she would cuss at him and just say the most horrible things. That's the way he was raised. So he, she oh, so, ruined. So your wife's, your wife's abusive husband was raised by, by a hopelessly his, vile, angry alcoholic. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's allowed her, he ended up committing suicide. Okay. Um, but it was more than that. He was going to take her and his daughter out with him and she wouldn't come over. And so he, anyway, it was, it was a bad, bad situation. But that point being said, these people are, are, and it's sad to say this, and I'm not trying to say he's absolved of his own guilt, but he was ruined as a child because the parent that's supposed to be a model of supposed to be protective supposed to show you how to successfully be an adult was the child you don't think it's possible to come out of that no nah, not what he went through nah. well i don't know maybe with years seems like a tough road like therapy. you have to like it, it, he with hated any, women he hated women with any problem that you have the first step is admitting that you have that problem and with that particular mental disease admitting the problem is is 99 well, of the battle right if he had admitted the problem we could have worked on it, but, you, but you don't. It. But they don't. They never do. I, I identify with her because I actually was in a similar situation with my first husband when he got me hooked on drugs and everything. We used to fight, and he used to put knives to my throat and stuff like that. It was, like, really, really bad where he'd say, I'm going to, you're never going to find anybody better than me. It was It was bad. And then I just had to, like... I would leave the house, but then, like, we had two young children. I had two girls. And then I'd be like, okay, I had to come back for them. So it would be the same cycle over and over again until I finally got the nuts up to leave, and I and I left. And then even then, like, I, I didn't have anywhere to go because I, I was in Arizona. All my family was in Texas. So the only place I could go is to his mom's. And his mom could only do so much. He would still come over there and beat my butt and everything like that. You know, so I'd constantly have to call the cops, you know. so In front of his mom? Yeah. She would try to wow. stop him, but, I mean, it was just two women trying to pow- overpower a druggy, drunk, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. It was, it was Anthony? Why didn't yeah. you call the cops? I did. I had and to several times. He would run like a little chicken. You'd jump fences and take off, and they couldn't do anything about it. And like they'd say, "Okay, when he comes back, call us again." Yeah, or, yeah. Or, or they charm the cops. Yeah, you know that's what would end up happening. Is yeah. is to my ex, to so my I, wife, is she would get end up the cops that get end up getting on her. Yeah, I would. So it's I like they wouldn't believe her, her or that they, he you knew, know he knew where to punch. Where it wouldn't leave marks, like on yeah. the back of the side of the head. I used to have black eyes and all kinds of stuff. Going to work with black eyes covered enough. You know what threw lie about it? You know what? Whenever I was a cop, you know what threw every case off for me from now on was like I had a tendency, and I, this is just how I was. I had a t- tendency whenever I showed up on a call that I'd believe the first person that that got to me. And then you go investigate the rest of it, and then, you, oh, okay, well, this all starting to make sense. And I think it's human nature to beat that way. But I went to this 
first call, I went to this one call where um, the woman met me outside and she had this brand new fresh eye that was starting to swell. And it was really swollen, starting to swell shut, and I could tell it was fresh. You know, you get to where you can know the, and you go to classes to tell those things. And she met me outside. He just slammed my face against the the coffee table and stuff like that, and blah blah blah. And he's he's been abusive for this many years. And this just is now I'm just now getting the guts up to call, or in Angela's words, the nuts up to call. I was shocked Sorry. when she said that. Um, but um, that guy was just as cool as a cucumber sitting on the table. And I could not understand. Normally, domestics were very hyped up in high-strung situations, but this guy, for some reason, was just cool. And so I separated him, and I went. I, this is going to a place that you guys don't you don't think it's going. So I went up, and I talked to him. He's like, "Bro, I know you're not going to believe me, but this girl, we were all sitting there having dinner, and this girl out of nowhere slammed her eye into the corner of this table." And it was because he wouldn't buy her um, a purse that day. He said, she asked me to buy her a purse today. I said, no, we're not financially doing well right now. And this lady slammed her eye on the corner of the purse. We ended up investigating even further, and sure enough, that's what happened. She ended up coming clean with it. I said, if you sign your name to this piece of paper, we find out it's a lie, that's that's a criminal offense. She ended up coming clean with it and um, admitting that she had lied about it. And there is the one time that goes into poor police officer's head and exactly and ruins it for for, everyone else, for everyone else, because there's such good manipulation. That's why I'm telling that story is because most of the time you go to calls and you take people at face value and you believe them that they're getting abused and stuff like that. And that throws a wrench right in the middle of things. And you think about that case from every case you go on now, because really at the end of the day, if you're a good cop, you want the, you want the right thing to be done every time you go out there. That's what you're doing. Like, I just want the truth, right? Like, because dude, especially if you're answering to God being a cop, you're answering to God and you want to make sure you're getting the right thing done. Make sure you're being a good judge and you're investigating it and you're giving it and it's due diligence. But that man, it threw a monkey wrench into things for me. Like I would think about that every time, but like, man, I really need a, you know, it's probably for the good best too, where I look into it a little bit better, you know, look into each case a little bit better to where I don't just take someone at face value and start throwing metal on people. You know, I mean, it's just domestic's a tough, sticky situation, man. That's why they trained you. They train you to park down the road and turn. You know, you don't turn on your lights and sirens when you're heading there. You turn off your lights like a block down the road. You park a half a block down the road and you and you run up to the scene and like look through windows and stuff. That way, you can witness what's happening on. You can witness who the aggressor is because you don't know what kind of stories you're gonna get right. in there. Like obviously, it, it's just customary for someone to lie. In those situations, it's just normal. Nobody's telling the truth, but I don't know for her. I feel so hopeless, man. She, I could tell she's so sweet and she just doesn't know what to do. And she's reaching out to God and, and, and God's not, God's not really pulling her out right now. That's what I wanted to ask you, Lindsay, because you have, um, where things have happened and other people have happened. Like, what is your ex, but what did, what would you consider saying as, as a person to her, do you have any advice for her? Um, for me, it's very difficult to even just listen to this whole situation. Yeah. I have no experience in this whatsoever. I'm lucked out. I grew up in church. My family's so nice, and 
I was going to say, this is a little different than what... This is a little different than what I was expecting. Yeah, it wasn't what I was expecting either. (laughs) Than what I was expecting whenever I came in. But it's interesting to hear the fact that her parents, if I understood it right, were also abusive, but they're also pastors of that church that she's at. And it's just a unique situation because they want to look good to the congregation. They want to have that front face of everybody. That's why I kind of asked you is because you have been in the, in the case of the mm-hmm. church and your parents are fully involved and then that aspect of you, how would you give her advice on that kind of situation? Her, but her situation, nothing like, yeah. like hers. Like yeah. it's nothing. For me... Because you had a good upbringing. I did, yeah. yeah. My, I had a very good understanding of who God was and the relationship that I had with him. And I, my parents are very understanding people. They can be very... They're very patient and understanding. And they're bigger, I guess, bigger people in the church. Um, and so it was hard growing up and making those connections with other people, especially people my own age in the youth groups. And so... Because everyone else I would talk to, oh, they came from these backgrounds or they just showed up on a Wednesday night or they came on a bus or they walked five miles to get here. And I was like, oh, I've been here for six hours helping get ready for service, you know? Yeah. And there's the whole, I wrote this down. I was trying to figure out a good way to say it. The teachings of the Bible are founded on the beliefs of compassion and understanding. These just are the basic forms of what the Bible specifically stands for. Every teaching and every point of the Bible and every prophecy that has been told pretty much is all based on the treatment of being treated with respect and care and love. And anything that goes against it doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. It's contrary to the word. It's contrary to what is given to us and it's contrary to what is God has created our society to be like and it's just very hard to hear everything i know y'all deal with all of these amazing stories that i get to hear and listen on y'all's podcast but it's just something that's hard to understand too is the congregation is going to try to be open to it but they're going to be very judgmental too sometimes they just don't want to listen to it and sometimes they will be open we lucked out our pastor is very very understanding and very nice and but some churches as soon as they hear that their pastor's wrong or that as soon as they hear something's not right they're gonna backlash that pastor yeah they're gonna backlash that whole staff now truthfully pastor kevin is the only pastor you've ever had right i've had um I, my grandparents go to james river church in missouri and so I've had the opportunity to listen to other pastors, but Pastor Kevin's been the only pastor that I've ever listened to. And you personally know Pastor Kevin. I personally know him. I've been to his house several times. I've I've been their maid, I guess, for like a day or two. So, you know what's you know what's scary is like these stories, these stories of these people that's acting inappropriately are Christians. Yeah. Like it's this we that's why I speak about living authentic. Christian lives so much is because we have to be examples for people. Why in God's name would anyone be a Christian whenever the example is this, this weak minded dad not doing anything about his daughter being abused and this Christian faking 
like he's a man of God and then beating his wife as soon as he gets back into the vehicle and treating her like she's a, a rag doll. Why would anyone be a, want to be a part of that, man? We've got to, as Christian leaders, we got to start holding people like that accountable. That, But when the leader is that guy, how do you do that? Ridiculous, man. Well, you have a church board, don't you? Maybe, we, in Angela's words, maybe you need to grab your nuts and start doing something about it. Intestinal fortitude would be the proper term. Good grief. She started me on the nut train, dude. Yeah, but you you took it. At, it just makes me so mad because. I understand and, and you're mad. And it's just like, because like there's nothing I can do about it. Like I want to go get her and be like, life's better. It's fine. It's going to be fine. Like, what she technically needs to do is. Do you think she needs to tell her dad? Gra- she needs to grab up the, the next time that he lays a hand on her, she needs to grab up the kid and leave and go to the police station, file divorce, protect the border. And, yeah. and also walk away from her dad and her mom. Do you think? I mean, that's my opinion. But okay, you don't think she needs to tell her dad? Her dad's not going to do anything. How, well, we don't know that though. We don't know that. You well, don't know that. Don't, yeah, she but, hasn't gave him but, the chance. But from what? No, she said that. She told her mom and dad. She said that. And they're not helping, and they're not helping her financially well, either. Well, she said she said he kind of gave she kind of gave her dad she's told her mom before but she kind of gave her dad a roundabout well she gave him a roundabout because she already knows what he did yeah she lived through it that's why i said i I said there was a reason why i don't know i don't know if she has brothers and sisters i don't know if there's cousins or family or or if there's a you know brothers and sisters to the uncles and aunts i guess is what i'm shooting for i don't know if she has a family unit close to her or not I'm taking what she said at face value. The face value says that she's in a small town, well-known pastor of the church. Okay. Probably the only Pentecostal church in that small town. All right. Everything she does has been under a microscope from the time that they became pastor there, which that's a common thing. Um, Pastors live under a microscope that we do not live under as the congregation. So we do not understand the pressures. All right. In this particular case, I I mean, like, there's so much that I would say hinges on what public appearance is. I don't care. You don't care, but you're not living in a small town. I don't care about him. I don't care about him. Stop. But you didn't grow up that way. You are not putting your mindset into her. No, we're, I do we're, care we're, about we're her. We're addressing but, her mindset. Yeah, I don't care about him, the dad. I think I think if you accept a leadership, and that's why I got emotional earlier, and I said no matter where, where this leadership opportunities take me in my company and this podcast, I'm praying right now, God, please make it to where I never do not hear when my daughters come to me and tell me something like this because – that stuff holds priority. It makes you look like a weak Christian leader when you don't handle these things inside your own family. You are a weak Christian leader if you can't even handle things that are going on in your own family. I don't care. This needs to be handled. You are being weak, and I think you're being a bad leader. If you're sweeping stuff under the rug, it doesn't mean it's not happening. And God thrives on truth. Jesus is the truth. And you need to be an an honest leader and handle things in your own family. All of us have daughters. All three of us guys have daughters. Okay. Yours are by far the youngest. 
But at a certain point, your daughter isn't going to share everything that happens in the house. And when you find out, and a lot of times in their mind, they're protecting you because they know. My I hope da- I create an environment. Like, like she's protecting her dad and let's bypass everything else. He's already had a triple bypass. He's already had, I mean, he's an older dude. He's older than I am, which, which is hard to shocked me. Yeah. No, I mean, because of her age, he's actually older than I am. And I've got daughters on both sides of the age group of her, you know, she told you her age. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's 32. She's in the middle. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, I hope him my daughter being older. If he gets riled up or if he goes and, and addresses the guy and the guy loses his temper and hits him, she doesn't want him getting physically hurt. Okay. If that's the case, then step outside to the police department. You remember what, do you remember what pastor Kevin said out there on that podium? What he did when someone, when a woman came to him and said she was getting abused. Do you remember what he said he did? No, I do not remember. Anybody else hear it? When, when do you, you, do you know what he did? Did you hear it? Yeah, he went and grabbed he went and grabbed his gun and went and got her out of there. That is a Christian leader. That is a Christian leader. What her dad is is not. I don't care how old you are. You got to be willing to die for your family. I understand that. I'm, I'm not, not making a that. single excuse for him. I think the dad is the worst one at fault here. I think the dad not getting involved in the situation and being a Christian leadership is because me from now on Anybody that steps in that Christian leadership position, you need to embrace that and do what it takes. I'm not giving him any breaks. I don't care if you had a sextuplet bypass. I don't care if your heart is all plastic. You better stand up and defend your family. Well, Stop. Uh, uh, yeah. but, but what I'm trying to say is fear. that the daughter hasn't actually given the dad a full, clear definition. And there's a lot of reasons of why. Right. Well, I yeah, she said that to her mom. No, right. She said, she, said she said that to her dad. She alluded, and and I get it. Like if, if well, like, when they allude, they're not giving us all yeah. the facts. I mean, come on. Oh, I'm hey. not. I'm not trying to be that way, but I mean, I'm a dad too, and my daughters have had issues, and they wouldn't tell me about it. Yeah, they and didn't I, tell me about I, it because I, they knew I'd kill the guy and end up in jail. Well, it sounds to me like what's blocking her is the fact that. No, that he's bad. She's grown up and seen the same thing from yeah. him. And he might and so, not he think might, it's a big deal. He might have grown out of that. That's what I'm afraid of. But in her head, I'm certain that she's like, well, what's he going to do? He's done the same you, thing. You know so how hard it is to get up the gonna, guts to tell someone that anyway? And yeah. then especially if you don't get defended by that person, how hard that would be? So I get why she's not. Yeah, so, you know, if you're still listening Michelle, I, you know, I, I just encourage you. I know it seems really dark and when you, you're not having like this deliverance moment where God is just reaching in, you know, there was somebody told me one time we talked to God vertically, he answers back horizontally, meaning that we, we pray and we talk to God vertically, but that he answers back through his people. So I, I I've I got to believe that you have a relationship with someone in that church or another family member or somebody that you can finally pour your heart out to. 
Yeah. And it's going to feel scary because no one likes to admit these things. Yeah. It's almost impossible, but if you will just open your mouth and let it come out, you will see God show up. Yeah. You will see God show up. Okay, let's do let's do the rounds real quick. We're at one thirty five. Do you know what the rounds are? And you made a okay. good start today. Um, Lindsay, do you have something you want to tell her in, in closing? I know that it's just really hard um, being in these certain situations, and it's just very difficult with like all the churches and all the faces that you have to keep up with. Just there's not really words or anything that we can say to make it feel better. There's not anything that we can do to just help the situation other than maybe a GoFundMe or just pray, but she knows her word. She knows that everything's going to be all right, but she doesn't know how it's going to be all right. And that's the, that's the thing is she's just got to hold on to that hope that she has. She knows that there's hope on the other side of that tunnel. She can see it. So I just, Michelle, I just hope that you just keep holding on to it. Um, I was reading in Romans, and there's I have a different version than most people do. So just Romans 8, 36 um, says, like, For your sake we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered, and not in all things are we more than able to be conquered through him that who loves us. For I am sure that no, neither death nor life nor angels or rulers or things of the present or anything can come between the love of Christ and us. Let's go. It's true, man. Nothing, not your husband, not your dad. Nobody can come between your love and Christ. And so I just hope that you just keep hold of that faith and that hope that you have and do whatever you can and do whatever you feels right or you feel right to get out of that situation. Amen. Mark? I... Uh, you know, it's always darkest before the dawn, right? And, I mean, you've made a really – thank you for sharing your what story you could with us and the amount of time we had with you. Um, that was brave. And I, I just – I honestly hope that, that that something inside you feels that God will help you feel the lift of letting that out. Um, go do it again. Um, I know that you must have some people that you believe that you hope you can trust. Share it. If you don't, take the hard step and go to your local police department and share it and just say you need help. Um, But you've got the hardest thing to do when we're in situations where we feel completely overwhelmed and especially if somebody's been at work at you for so many years is just don't believe that line. You're a beautiful person. You deserve better than that. And you have a responsibility to that child so that that doesn't turn into a generational curse. And that child doesn't learn that as a woman, I think she said it was a girl We don't want your little girl to believe that that needs to be a part of her life, that that she's not worth enough to stand up and remove herself from that. And I know it's the hardest thing when you're in the middle of it. I I just highly encourage you. Just I'm praying for you, and, and I know that God will give you the strength. He's already given you the strength to call and talk about it on this forum 
So use that as a launching pad. Yeah. I, I'm hoping that your spirit is feeling like a little bit of relief that you were able to let it go. Now take that and go let it go to the people that it closest to your life that you can trust. Angela. So like I said, I identify a lot with you. I've, like I said, my first marriage was the exact thing that you're describing, the making the dinner, and he, and I ask him why he got mad. It's because he just got mad just because he wanted to. So I've been there. I know that it's hard for you to step out, and you don't think that you're going to get any support, and you don't think that no one is going to listen to you. But I'm telling you right now, you have to step out for you and your child. You have to take the steps to to reach out to anyone, even if it's not like, even if it's from a town over that, that you can try to find somebody there that you can confide in just anything before it's too, like I'm in my situation, I was able to get out by the grace of God, you know, but I had to take that step and it was the most scariest step ever because I thought maybe he was going to take my kids or what if he was going to, what if one time he put that knife to my throat and he actually slit my throat, you know, like those things crossed my mind. So i I, I just advise you just to seek the help now before it's too late. And I'll be continuing to pray for you. Thank you so much. Larry. This one terrifies me. I mean, to be honest with you, yeah. I want to give all the worldly advice and, and I'm afraid that that's not going to help her. I mean, the truth of it is that a lot of, women in these particular situations finally find one guy that notices or hears and then starts paying just a little bit of attention to them. And then it ends up being running from one situation to the other. And if she doesn't do anything, then she stays in that relationship. And that guy finally gets tired of beating the crap out of her. And he starts taking it out on the daughter or the daughter bows up against him, you know, leave my mommy alone. And then he goes after her. That terrifies me in, in yeah. every form. I mean, in every form. Yeah. And the dad in me same wants move. to say a whole bunch of stuff that shouldn't be said. Yeah, same. Yeah. And so it is extremely difficult. At this point, from this point, she needs to be able to document things properly. She may have to bypass her dad or her mom. And but she needs to be careful on whom she accepts help from. Um, there's a lot of wolves in sheep clothing out there, and I looked for the verses and and, and the verses that I came up with is talking to the husbands. You know, I mean, listen. The Bible tells you to love your wife as Christ loves the church. And Christ don't love the church with a rod of iron that beats beats them down and makes them feel the condemnation of Satan. He does use conviction to help guide us, but he does it in a loving way. And what as men, we really need to step up and remember that everything this is one of the things that I once Darcy and I put the Lord in the middle of our marriage. We were at our fifth anniversary. We got remarried. I'm on fire for God. And I changed every 
dynamic of our marriage with putting the Lord in the middle. And I remember every day, every word that I say to my wife, I'm also saying to God. Everything that I do to my wife, I'm also doing to God. And every word that she says or does to me, she's doing to God. So I am to love her like the church, and that means that I am to sacrifice myself for my wife. I am to protect my wife with every fiber in my being. I am to love her and elevate her above me, not below me. She's not my slave. She's my helpmate. And by helpmate, a lot of definitions I feel get that wrong. As a helpmate, my wife is the confirmation from the Holy Spirit. When I've got it in my head and I'm sure of something, and I'm, but I'm just needing that confirmation, my wife comes up with it out of the blue. I haven't even got a chance to tell her, and she brings it to me. That's confirmation from the Holy Spirit. And when you start learning to have that connection in God in your marriage, then you can't do this to your wife. There's no way. I mean, if, if, if I speak harsh to my wife, I feel immediate conviction, not condemnation, but immediate conviction that I shouldn't speak to her that way. I should always elevate her in love. I, I hate myself I when I do never it. talk down to my wife. I hate myself never. when I do it. And to lay a hand on my wife now, I mean, listen, before, that was a different ballgame. I had a different mindset. I wasn't a nice guy. I never taught, I never verbally abused her, but I've been verbally abused in my past marriages. The Bible says that divorce is not an option, and I'm standing here as a divorcee of three different times. I've never had God in the middle of my marriage. I've never lived my life that everything I do and say needs to honor God. You're not going to change his mindset until he comes to the end of himself as that husband. So when I read this scripture, understand that I'm, I do my best every day to live this scripture. Okay. And I understand it differently than I did when I lived in the world. Okay. It's Ephesians five. And I'm just going to start at 25. You really need to start at 21, but I'm not going to go there. For husbands, this means loves your, love your wife at just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to, rep, to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church, and we are members of his body. Now, to a non-believer, that doesn't mean anything. But to one that lives as the word tells me to live, it means everything to me. I am to sacrifice everything I am for her. Everything I have for her, 
I am to lift her up. I am to be there for her. I am into, to, I mean, everything. You know, she's my everything. She's my reason for living in the flesh. But she's my other half. God created us that once we made that commitment to someone and once we joined, we become one. And I'm going to tell you, the marriage license is a man-made thing. And I do understand that this is today's world, all right? And it, a lot of people are going to freak completely out about what I'm going to say. Oh, no. God created marriage between a man and a woman, all right? Adam and Eve didn't have a pastor that married them. Adam and Eve didn't have a marriage license that had to be signed and their blood test taken. It was a covenant between them and God. It yep. was a covenant between them and God. And the minute, the minute that you have sex with someone, you've had that covenant between you two, and you are now married in the eyes of the Lord. Think that through. At that time, you become... Uh-oh. You have become... I don't agree with that. I believe you probably got a soul tie for sure, but you married that person? Mm-hmm. Yes, you have, in the eyes of the Lord. Where is that at in the Bible? Adam and Eve's the example. I'll stand on it now. <laughs> Used to, I would not have even considered that thought to you. I understand the concept of soul ties, and I agree, I agree with that 100%. Why do you think God made it? You were one. And he shaped our bodies that we literally become one. But, through that particular act. But how do you reconcile that with all the wives of the first covenant? All the wives, and then not to even mention the concubines. I truthfully, that's a man thing. I That was never a God thing. God was, I mean, he tells you right there in Genesis, he created marriage. He created marriage between one man and one woman. Now, what man did with it after that is ridiculous. And that's why they kept following away from God by following after their own deal. Maybe that's the reason they had to do so many sacrifices. <laughs> maybe. I mean, I don't understand yeah. that, and I don't understand why there were so many. Like, I mean, Solomon had 300 and some odd wives and 700 concubines. That's unbelievable to me. Finish, I, finish your thing, I by the way. I can't comprehend that. Finish your thing. But I do know that the minute that you had you perform the marital act of sex of intercourse, then you have, in the eyes of the Lord, made a covenant with that person as your spouse. Period. And I'll stand on it. I'm sorry if it offends y'all. Oh, I'm not offended. I'm not offended. I'm sorry if it offends you, worldly people. No, I'm not offended. I'm definitely not offended. I just, I would like you're to know where you, I no, I'd like to know where you're getting that biblically. I know soul ties are biblically, absolutely, because you become one through sexual intercourse and stuff like that. And, and then it, you know, maybe biblically it talks about how you become one with your spouse, like you become one flesh. And But I would like to know, I, I would like to have this discussion with you next week about where biblically you're getting to where the minute you have sex with someone, you're married to them now. I'd like to know where you're getting that biblically. Pastor Gary, help me out. Does Pastor Gary agree with that? 
I don't know yet. I don't think you. Okay. I don't anyway. even know. I hey, listen. I would like to have this discussion with you. And I, hey, listen, I'm not saying you're okay, wrong. I literally had wrong. this conversation with my aunt on the way here. That's okay. who I was talking to when I got out of the truck. Okay. And on, I said that same thing to her and she completely said, yes. Coco's going to. Oh, she said, yes. Larry's aunt said it. We know it's true. So oh, she, she you, you agreed take it to the bank. Is it the one with the moo-moos? That was my mom with the Gosh, moo-moos. dang no, it, she's the, the moo-moos. One, she's the one. Her her husband was a pastor for 50 years. Okay. And I'm, listen, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just, I would like for you to biblically bring it up um, next week, and we'll talk, we'll have a discussion about it. Finish your thing. So we go, we're at 151. Okay. Finish your thing. Which part of it? I thought we were doing the round. You uh, haven't done your round yet. Oh, I'm, it's my turn? Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I read my verse and everything. Ephesians right. 25 yeah. through 31. Okay. Yeah. He just dropped a little bomb at the end. That's all. Um, so everybody kind of read a Bible oh, verse, like and an I'd like to read. I'd like to read my own um, today. I'm gonna actually read a Bible verse today. Oh my! First um, Peter three seven. It says your prayers are answered according to how you treat your wife. If you dishonor her and fail to treat her with great worth as as her partner in this life, your prayers will be hindered. So. How your prayers get answered by the Lord is a direct effect of by the way you treat your wife. I'm going to read that again. Your prayers are answered according to how you treat your wife. If you dishonor her and fail her to treat her with great worth as an heir in this life, in this life, your prayers will be hindered. It's so important how well you treat your wife. I don't, I literally, I don't treat my wife. I told her this yesterday. I was like, I don't. I don't talk to you the way you deserve to be talked to um, a lot of the time. You need to change it. Yeah, and I hate myself you when I You need to do. love her more than you love you. Right. Yeah. Oh, I do. I can say I do. I do do that. Yeah. But what I, someone brought up, I think it was you that brought up that. It was like a reflection of how you love yourself is how you love your wife. And and I don't know. I Like I said, I don't love myself a whole lot right now. But anyway. That's actually what the Bible just said. I want, yeah. No okay. one hates his own body, but feeds and cares yeah. for it, just as Christ loves there you the go. church. Okay. Yeah, crazy. But anyway, um, Michelle, I just, I feel so deeply for you, and I just feel like nothing is as cowardly as knowing something like this is going on and doing nothing about it. And every man that sees what's going on in Michelle's life right now is doing nothing. You should be ashamed of yourself. You do not even deserve to call yourself a man. You don't deserve to call yourself a man. You don't deserve to have the leadership position that you're in. I, I'm so tired of tolerating behavior like this. I'm so tired of it. I will call it out every time when I see it. I'll be loud. I'll make a sign like I'm in the WWE with a sign like, this guy's doing this. I'm calling it out. I hate it, man. I'm so tired of it. We need to start standing up for people, man. We do. We need to start calling out bad behavior in our churches, and we need to start spotlighting it, and we need to start putting it to the front and stopping it because it is hindering people's walk with Christ. What's done in the darkness will come to the light. Yeah. And once you come to comes to the light, then it can be dealt with. Well, I'm going to be standing there with a flashlight. But it, she has to bring it to the light. She has to bring it. And I was going to say that too at the end. So for the last six years, I've been, so for the last, like whatever, six weeks, and Michelle knows because she listens to this show, 
She knows that I've been struggling with my faith and things. And we talked in private too about where I was like, yeah, that's kind of what I'm going through. I'm getting bullied by someone, not the same as her, but I'm sitting there, God, why aren't you stopping this evil person? Why aren't you doing anything? Why aren't you acting? And then God starts talking to me and starts giving me these little directions, call this place. And I'm like, no, that's going to cause problems. Okay, fine. Right. It's like, okay, God, why aren't you doing something? Call this place. Okay, I called them. All right, now do this. I don't want to do that. That's scary. Or it's going to cost a lot of money. Okay, fine. Pray to him next time. God, do this. You need to, you need to get this going. Okay, fine. So I get it going. And today, like I said, I had a meeting today. And I, as I'm writing out this narrative and stuff like this, and I'm going through what, I'm, what I need to go through, I go, oh, I've been lied to. Like, not only have I been lied to by this person, but I've been lied to by Satan. I've been believing things that aren't true about the situation. Sure. And Satan doesn't want you at your best. Satan doesn't want you at your best because then you're going to do what your purpose is. This is a very spiritual woman. I, I kind of know, I don't want to call it out, but I kind of know who she is outside of what this conversation is. She doesn't know who I know who she is, but... um. She, I, know I don't who, think you worded that one right. Well, we'll just keep that it at question, that. That that statement did not commute. I know, in my I head. know who she is. Let's put it that way. He's okay. saying he did, he's making it vague. He didn't want it to compute, and <laughs> it didn't. And she's an extremely spiritual woman. She's a spiritual woman, and she has a heart for God. And obviously, she has a purpose. And she's being attacked by the enemy right now. And she's believing some lies. She's got some strongholds that she needs to confront. And I'm telling you, Michelle, this problem ain't going nowhere unless you confront it. Just like Larry said. The strongholds. Yeah. Unless you, unless you confront it. You have to confront it. You have to do something. God is probably telling you some things you need to do. Or if you're not, you need to ask him of what you need to do. He's going to give you some steps. And you need to say yes and do it no matter how hard they are. They're going to be scary. They're going to be hard. But you need to do them because God's going to walk you through this. You're a child of God. There's no question about that. I've seen it. But if you're asking for the Lord and then he gives you an answer and you're not obeying it, what else is he supposed yeah, to tell you? He can't do nothing with that. And he then can't. you see that as an unanswered prayer when it's not an unanswered prayer. It's you got the answer. You're just not acting on the answer. God's not going to. You've gonna done sh- this. You, you're an example of that, Zach. God's not going to part the clouds and come down like Superman and shoot laser beams out of his eyes and pick you up and fly into the clouds with you. That's not what's going to happen. When we, uh, I know you rolled your eyes at I that, know, well, no, but when we pray, the, that's literally what we expect that's God to the, do. Yeah, but no, <laughs> because I got the mental picture. We literally expect God. All of this, and I'm like, ah. We literally expect God to come down and take us under his arm and shoot laser beams and just smite everyone that's messing with us and then us fly. But that's the easy way, right? It's not how God answers prayer. He gives you sure. the way to get out of it. Yes. He creates the path, and you have to walk it, but you have to take the steps. And a lot of times, or there's going to be a lot of times in your life that the answer to that is to get out of the way. Yeah. He, Michelle, I, I, think, I, think, I think it's time to, to make steps. I think you need to pray about it. And maybe before you go tell your dad, I think you need to pray about that even because I don't know. Because like I said, I think there's a reason why you're not telling your dad. And maybe there's a valid reason behind that. But you need to pray about it. God's going to give you, I have confidence in that. We're all going to pray for you extensively here in a second. Um, we always do. 
So to the 58 other of you that, yes, you've been prayed for. Spoiler alert. Um, but. Amen. But you're going to have to do something. God's going to give you a directive, okay? He's going to give you something that you're going to have to do, and you're going to have to pull the trigger and do whatever he tells you to do. I don't know what he's going to tell you to do, but I'm confident he's going to give you something. And if you're, if you're here, you need to talk to someone that's a big old baby that doesn't like listening to God, then I'm right here. But maybe we can get up the courage together and listen together because God's way is best. It's the hardest way, but it is the best. And it's the only way we're going to get out of this. So I love you. And um, I don't know. Larry, take us out, bud. Jesus loves you. And so do I. Thank you for watching and listening. We're out. Thank you for watching or listening all the way to the end. To be a guest on the show or to get a hold of us, please contact us at info at helpmyunbelief.org. And more importantly, make sure to check out new episodes every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Central.